What's to y'all? Welcome to episode five of the What's Tea podcast, your podcast for introspection and inspiration. Um, so today's topic is going to be, I guess, a little bit preachy, maybe. Um, I actually didn't know what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, and yesterday I was kind of mulling it over, trying to figure out where I was going to go. Um, and I started watching Snapchat and I was watching, um, the snaps of this guy that I follow for a very long time back from when he was like 20 years old singing on YouTube. And he was essentially talking about, um, how he had to let a belief of God and a belief of Jesus go because he felt, um, strangled, um, because he was living his life in fear and, I wanted to do like a series of snaps as a rebuttal, but then, you know, God was like, no, this is your podcast topic. And then to back that up, when I had worship this morning, my devotional was about um, fear and God casting or God's love casting out fear. So it was just like, you know, it meshed very well. So um, today I'm going to talk about how there's no fear in the love of God and how Christians turn people away from Christianity. Um, So the first verse that I want to start out with is the verse that was in my devotional this morning. Um, It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Um, the guy who I was watching on Snapchat was basically saying how when he believed in God, when he was in church all the time, um, he felt suffocated because he was constantly living based on, Oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to hell. If I don't do that, I'm going to hell. If I don't, you know, live right. If I curse, if I have sex, if I do all these things, I'm going to hell. And I believe that a very, very large part of that has to do with Christians and church folk, excuse me, church folk, um, because so often we see ourselves as trying to bring people to Christ when really we're just judging them and we're being condemning and we are looking down on them for the things that they're doing that we see as wrong. Um, this young man, I believe, is homosexual, so I'm sure he got um, a lot of flack for that. If he's not homosexual, he's very feminine, so I'm sure he got a lot of, you know, rebuttals for that. Um, he sings, you know, secular music or whatever, so I'm sure he got a lot of rebuttals for that. And so often we see these old, young, whatever people in the church. Um, I would say the old ladies, cause those be, you know, the judgmental ones that you see sitting in the pews, side-eyeing people. But I follow this girl on Snapchat who is literally constantly talking about and putting down people because of the things that they do and the things that they believe and homosexuals and girls who are promiscuous and just constantly talking about people that who really don't have anything to do with her. You know what I'm saying? And we will reach so many more people by accepting them and shining our, our light to them instead of condemning them and bringing them down for the things that they're doing that we feel is wrong. Um, so that's out of the way. So um, 
the man that I was watching on Twitter essentially was harping on religion and saying why, you know, he didn't believe in Christ because he didn't believe that he needed to have um, hell to make him do good or whatever. And, or the fear of hell to make him do right in the world. You know what I'm saying? He was saying that like we live our, our lives in oppression and we force ourselves to be good people so that we can get the re- the reward after Christ comes. And I think that is such a skewed way of looking at um, looking at God because God literally wants us to have our best life. Like he does not have these, um, I don't even wanna say rules, suggestions or um you know what I'm saying these outlines for us to follow so that we can be bored and just you know sit and twiddle our thumbs until Jesus comes for example um last year I mentioned in my last podcast that there were some things that God had been pushing me to give up um one of those things was smoking weed um, for a long time, a very long time, I was not an advocate for smoking weed. I wouldn't date anybody that smoked weed, whatever. And then I started dabbling in it every now and then, social smoker, whatever. And then I went from that to doing it pretty often, like pretty often, like sometimes every day for, well, for a period of time every day. Um, and it got to the point where I would feel guilty when I would smoke. And I knew that was God's like first push into telling me to leave it alone. And when I would smoke, I would literally, I say this all the time, I would literally turn into a zombie. And I was in the process of, I had just quit my job. Well, I had recently quit my job, um, my full-time job. I was in the process of building a business and doing all of these things that were going to propel me into the next phase of my life. Meanwhile, I'm coming home every day and smoking and sitting on my couch and watching TV and doing absolutely nothing to propel my dreams. God told me to stop smoking. Yes, probably because it wasn't good for me or whatever, but I believe that God ultimately told me to stop smoking so that I could get to the next step of my life. Um, I don't believe that God asks you to remove things from your life because he doesn't want you to have fun. He wants you to be able to find your purpose and find the fun without having to do these things that are tearing you apart. Um, John 10, 10 says, the thief only comes, I'm sorry, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) He doesn't want you to sit around not doing anything for the entirety of your days. He wants you to live and to experience and to grow and to have the best life that you can possibly have. But he wants you to do it in a way that pleases him because that is how you will have your best life. Um, I have recently found the freedom of a relationship in Christ. Um, I never really felt condemned, so to speak, or like, um, I guess suffocated. Um, there were times when I, I'm a seventh day Adventist, I keep the Sabbath. Um, and there were times when I was younger, pretty much my entire childhood where I was like, I just want to watch TV. I just want to go out on a Friday night. I just want to do the things that I want to do on a Friday night. And I think the Sabbath 
and not being able to watch TV and things like that um, is the only real time that I felt, I guess, held back by Christianity or by, you know, religion or whatever. Um, but in my adult life, I have genuinely found the freedom of a relationship. Um, like I said, again, my last podcast, there was a series of things that God had me give up. One of them was smoking. One of them was having sex. And one of them was a relationship that I was in at the time. And when I gave those things up, I gave them up for God. I gave them up because I love God and because I wanted to make them happy and no, it make him happy. At no point did I give it up because I was like, oh man, I'm going to hell if I don't do this. You know what I'm saying? When I was having sex, I was perfectly fine having sex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If we're being completely honest. Um, and then again, God brought on a level of guilt when I was participating in that action. And now that I have given it up, it, I don't feel held back and I don't feel suffocated. I feel free almost because since I have given up the things that God told me to give up and since I have started doing the things that God told me to do, my life has literally elevated. And I mean, in the past month, like literally I've gone, my life has gone above and beyond and I've literally gotten everything that I've asked for and everything that I haven't asked for simply by cutting out a few things that were hindering me and doing things that will help me by God's guidance. You know what I'm saying? Um, another verse, Galatians 5, 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Christ came to set us free from the bondage of sin <clears throat> because that is the true oppressor. You see what I'm saying? That is what truly oppresses us. When we are sinning, we are a slave to the enemy, literally, because you can only serve one master. You know what I'm saying? So if you are doing things that you know you're not supposed to be doing, if you're living in the dark, then you're serving the master of the dark. If you are doing things that you know you should be doing, if you're living in the light, then you're serving the master of the light. Christ died so that we would not be in bondage to the master of the dark. You see what I'm saying? And we have to literally shift our perspective and we have to change our vision of Christianity and of religion from what we can't do to what we are free from. You see what I'm saying? Um, God literally <laughs> wants what's best for you. And I don't, I've always known that. We all know that. You know what I'm saying? We all hear it. But it, it it wasn't until a year ago, around this time a year ago, maybe a year and a couple months ago, that I truly understood that because my relationship with God shifted. For the first time in my life, I made a change, I guess a biblical change, you know, flee fornication, so on and so forth. I made a change not because the Bible says so, but because God said so. And that was literally, that's the first time that I can remember that I had ever done that. Because of course, we 
you know, we read the Bible and we know what the Bible says about having sex or killing or <laughs> lying or whatever. Um, so, you know, we don't do these things because in the Bible, it says on this verse, it says, you know, Jesus said this when the Bible is written in red and, you know, what I'm saying all of these things. But I made a decision because God spoke to me and said, you need to give up this, this and this. And I think once we reach that level of relationship with God and it wasn't even like I did a bunch of stuff to less necessarily get to that level I just tuned in I asked and I listened and he spoke you know what I'm saying and if you ask and if you listen he's going to give you an answer it may not be immediately it may take a year or whatever there may be some things that you need to cut out so that you can pay attention first but if you ask he's going to give you something and once I got that from him. Once I got direct instruction from him, it was easy to let the things go. Now I'm not going to sit up here and say that when I let him go, you know, I was free. You know what I'm saying? Like I never looked back because that's not the truth. I have fallen and I have, you know, gone back and done some of the things that he told me not to. And I'm human. It is what it is. Um, but I am actively, giving those things up every single day. I'm actively making sure that I am not doing the things that God took out of my life so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. Second Corinthians three seventeen says for the spirit, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God and fear cannot live in the same place. They just can't do it. It's not possible. So if you are living in fear, then you are not living with God. Let's be clear. If you are living in fear, you are living to appease someone or something, but it's not God. Or maybe you are living to appease God, but you don't actually know God. And that is why you're living in fear. And I'll bring this all back around to how Christians treat other people because it's crazy to me. It is crazy to me. Jesus hung with the lowest of the low. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus, it doesn't make sense to me and it's mind boggling to me because a person gets baptized and they think they know everything. Or a person goes to church on Saturday and they think they have leeway to judge someone who doesn't. Or a person, you know what I'm saying, waiting until marriage to have sex so they think that it's okay to look down on someone who didn't. And it's like, no, no. If we all lived like Jesus, do you know how many more people would be saved? If we all had the love of Christ, like genuinely had the love of Christ, do you know how many stars you would have on your crown? Like, Condemnation doesn't get anybody anywhere. Judgment doesn't get anybody anywhere. You see what I'm saying? I want to drive that point home because it's so important. I grew up in the church. I've been in choirs all my life. I'm super churchy. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you 
a half shout because I'm Seventh Day Adventist, not Baptist. But you know, you put on some music, I can give you a half shout. I'm super churchy. All my friends are churchy. But you're never going to catch me judging someone. And if I do, I ask for forgiveness for it because I'm, of course, I'm human. I'm not perfect. Whatever. But you're never going to catch me purposely judging someone. If I find myself doing it, I change that thought and I'd be like, you know what? That's her or that's him. He does what he wants to do. If it's something that I feel that I need to pray for that person for, then I'll do it. And, you know, behind closed doors in my own heart. But that has nothing to do with me. Why focus all of your efforts and all of your energy on fixing the people that you think need to be fixed instead of fixing yourself so that you can be a light to the people that are you are supposed to be a light to. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want to go on a tangent and I don't want to continue to say the th- same things over and over because I can, because this really bothers my spirit and it has bothered my spirit more and more lately because I see so much judgment to so many people and not enough introspection and not enough insight into our own lives to fix that and then lead by example. So I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I think I've covered all the bases. I've probably said the same thing over and over and over, but this is just something that I feel really strongly about. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want to um, tell me about a time that you judge somebody and, you know, now that now you're seeing the error in your ways or if you want to, you know, get on the bandwagon and be like, yeah, I hate when people judge people because that's trash. Or if you want to tell me about a time that you have been judged, what's teapod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram at what's teapod. I'm also on FaceTime, Facebook, what's tea, the podcast. Um, there are also what's tea mugs coming out as you've heard four other times. <laughs> um, <sighs> until next week, y'all. Love yourself, love God, trust the process. Peace.